everyone, I'm Ryan. And I'm Steve. And this is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. We're back at it. You know, it always cracks me up. Like people would be like, oh, like how hard is it to say that thing? And Super pe- hard. People, Try it. People nail it all the time. And I'm like, yeah, now do that 285 times. Yeah, in a row. All right, this first Wild ad. Drunk. This first ad. <laughs> I'm not drunk. Steve Steve is helping Yet. me finish off my SoCo. That's I think been... I think I'm gonna finish it off tonight. I hope you do. I hope you get rid of my SoCo. First ad. Uh this is dragon... from John, Jonathan Clemens. This yeah, this is custom made dragon guitar. Dragon guitar? $295. Let's say dragon guitar again in question marks at the same time. One, two, three. Dragon, dragon guitar? <laughs> I don't understand like what I feel like the only jokes I can make about this are a little ableist, but that's a. I'm just gonna do it anyway. I don't understand what blind person designed this dragon guitar. Do you think? No, a blind person wouldn't make this. A blind person would touch this and be like, "What is this?" Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. That's, they would not. This is Steve marking an MA. They would not <laughs> recognize this as a dragon guitar. That's the one thing I like about YouTube is I don't have to mark anything, MA. It's assumed. <laughs> No, I'm going to put one of my little uh, edits in there because uh, I like to. I don't know. I'm super exciting stuff. Talking about editing the podcast. You edit out customers. Anyways, <laughs> since when this thing looks like a pile of garbage? I can tell exactly what's going on here. It is a uh, a, a BC Rich a mockingbird shape. Yeah, but explain to me like the dragon part. There's no part of this that looks like a dragon, but it looks like a bunch of weird like insect legs. I would buy this as custom made tentacle guitar i don't think this is even a bc rich i think this is some sort of like super import cheap copy oh yeah i have no idea how they managed that headstock um do you remember the sequel to the never-ending story no i've only seen the first one and i think the third one so the sequel which one is the one where they go to the mall did they go to the mall? That must have been the third one. I don't think I ever yeah, watched so it. Yeah, so I don't think I've seen the second one. So the second one, there's these creatures that are like these big, like, bug creatures with, like, clampers and stuff like that. Sure, and, sure. And uh, in the end, they get destroyed and they're all hollow inside because that's what evil is. It's hollow inside. That's, like, the heavy-handed message or whatever. But uh, mm. anyways, like, the shape of this reminds me of something that would be sticking off of one of those bug critters. Yikes. Because uh, it doesn't... It doesn't look dragony at all. It's not like, oh, there's like a folded dragon wing or like there's a part of a dragon. I can kind of see how like the like there are certain lines here. Where I'm like, this is kind of starting to become a wing, but mostly like it just looks like bones to me. Like it, there's definitely it kinda a, some looks, kind of segmentation. It kind of looks like the squiggly, like weird ends of a cat turd. You know what I'm talking about? I do have two cats. And you've seen these cat turds I'm talking about? I have seen cat turds. They have I have like the, two cats. They have like the squiggly things coming off of them? Sure. When did you get the second cat? A while ago. I didn't know you had a second cat. Yeah. It's also dumb. It's not as... Eh, it might be dumber than my... Fr- I'm not sure. I'm not sure which one of my cats is dumber. It's a competition. That's for sure. It feels like it sometimes. <laughs> but we're we're spending all this time criticizing this thing for not looking like a dragon. We should just be talking about how it just looks dumb in general. I just don't understand like what it's supposed to look like. I don't know, man. But it, it, to me, it looks like someone took a uh, what I say a mockingbird style BC Rich. 
and they just yeah. modge podged these big weird shapes onto it. Like that can't be wood, right? That's got to be extra added on crap. I don't know. Maybe. Well, it's they say it's custom made. Well, everyone says it's custom made on Craigslist and eBay and Etsy. I, uh, I'm going back to this headstock. <laughs> this is like the craziest bottle opener. Well, the, the headstock looks like the the Klingon weapon. <laughs> battle F? A battle F. That's right. This makes me think, yeah, of like a bottle opener or like uh, uh, those optical illusions where it's like, do you see a, do you see a candlestick or two faces? <laughs> The the head sock says someone got a scroll saw for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> the body says someone got a big old tub of Bondo for Christmas. Like that is a Bondo sculpture right there. Just oh, absolutely man. horrid looking. There's nothing. There's nothing, nothing redeeming about this. Oh my gosh. Two ninety five they want for this. Don't you dare ever spend two ninety five for anything looking anything like this. Jeez, that But it's custom made. Yeah, there's none there's no others like it in the world. Anywhere. Alright. Um Would you buy bye bye or bye bye bye, Steve? Goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. See you. It needs to go this is a guitar that needs to get retired. Dude. I can't imagine you ever think a about, band that this would fit you in ever like, think about, in the most like extreme themed band. Like this is too weird. You ever think about using pod money? Like when listeners send us ads like this, you ever think about using podcast money to like swipe them off of reverb or eBay and retire them and retire them, especially like $300. Look like this headstock. Look how long it is. It does not make any sense. Look at the angle of the strings coming off the nut. And the angle of the like the headstock tuners like this this is insane. This guitar is insane. The longer I look at it, the angrier I get. I don't understand why the tuners are so far away from the nut. Like the tuners I, are I, so far away from each other. They're <sighs> the tuners are like twice as far away from each How do you, other. I than don't they even need know. Okay, if you're wearing this, can you actually reach like the last three tuners to tune this? Yeah, you probably can because bass, just gu- like, bass guitars exist. But this is a long guitar. Because bass guitars exist. And they've they've doubled the length of it off the ass end of it with this giant weird dragon oh, wing hook. I think that's cat-ter- supposed to be a dragon dick. Captured thing. It might be a dragon dick. You know, so a lot of animals have actual bones in their dicks. I did Steve? not know that. Uh, walruses do and bears do. Oh. And I'm, I'm sure many other animals do as well. Good to know. Actual bones. What Ryan, like about all of the animal dicks Ryan knows about. But if this was a representation of an animal dick, I would not be surprised if it had an actual bone in it. I watched a Kevin Smith movie about a man transforming into a walrus. And <laughs> there was a whole thing about walrus dicks having bones in them. <laughs> This is our most buck wild episode out of the gate in a while. <laughs> All right, man. So, uh, so what's new? <laughs> yeah, what's new? Well, welcome back from Summer Nam. I don't want to dwell on it for too long because you did an entire episode while there, and I know you're going to be generating a lot of content from yeah, it. People are going to uh, be. So we don't want to be. I don't want to spend. Give me a give me a thirty second recap of Summer Nam, and then we'll get into what you brought home. Okay, I, Summer Nam was great. I worked really hard. I busted my ass. I got 35 videos in the can. Which Favorite mean, person that you got to hang out with? 
least favorite person. You oh my gosh. <laughs> you want me to name names? Oh man, I'm not going to say least favorite, but there were a few of them. You know what? I, whoa. You know who you are. That's not true. You don't know who you are. <laughs> Did you um, stay with any of them? No, uh, but I mean, it's, it's hard to judge favorite because just there's so many awesome people right. I got Who'd to you hang with. Did you, so did, was this your first time hanging out with uh, Jonathan? With Diaz? No. Hasn't he been to Winternam? No. No? He's only been to Summernam. I, think so he, I don't know if he I hung think out he, with no, he was before. At, he was at Summernam the last time I went, two years okay. ago. He, he was. Had to he be. was the one who went because to... Because I remember his physical presence. He was the first one to go to Summernam in a CC Cycle Hum shirt and have people right. tell him... That was, I love your podcast. And that, that was, was like five years or four years ago, three years yes, ago. Yes, yes. <laughs> Two years ago. I don't know. I'm, I'm certain he was there the previous year that I went. But it's like, your favorite person to hang out with was with was uh, Cardboard Blake. <laughs> yeah, good old Cardboard Blake. Completely out of scale Cardboard Blake. <laughs> Is Cardboard Blake shorter or taller than actual? Probably taller, He's right? the same height, but the print is cut off at the knees. So every part of Cardboard Blake is bigger. Every, every part, part of Cardboard Blake is bigger. <laughs> <laughs> all right i think we're good that wraps up summer nam no summer nam was awesome it's always great to hang out with everyone from the gear community that we don't get to hang out with yeah. in real life i consider like a lot of these people not all of them to be my actual friends at this point mm -hmm. and to see them in person is like oh my gosh my friend from the do you Internet. remember when you wrote a song talking know, about how real friends aren't screen names I was young and I had the time to actually my, go out of the house and my, have real friends. My now wife, my, now my, my real friends. But that was a stab at MySpace because it was like it was screen names. There it wasn't real names. Right, right. On Facebook, you have real names. Sometimes. Usually. Except for all these groups that can all, the, all these pages that can add that can join groups now. Yep. So anyways, another thing I wanted to touch on about Nam instead of like just barfing up, you know, like sentimental crap about it talking about how, uh -huh. what a great time i had with all my buddies is i got some stuff i walked away from nam with some stuff um, all right that's not wholly unusual unusual <laughs> unusual for someone like you're not even you. drinking i know right uh i got the the nutter guitar which i posted about which is still blowing my mind is a gift brian nutter gave me that guitar as a gift like not as a business thing i mean obviously he knows i'm gonna make content with yeah it. yeah but it was like, here, I want you to have this. This is this is your guitar now. That was the That's feeling. Magical. I almost cried. I walked away from Last Day of Nam almost in tears, like on edge. If someone had like asked me like like a very specific question that had pushed me over the edge, I would have been bawling at Nam. You over would this. say that you were one step closer to the edge. I was about to break. So anyway, up, dude. All <laughs> anyways, <laughs> I also got two pedals from Spiral Effects. The, yeah. cur the current brand uh, run by Tom Cram, formerly of Digitech DoD. Yeah, which is very exciting. Very exciting. I mean, I love Tom. I got to talk to him for a good amount of time at a NAM a few years ago when he was still at Digitech. Do you know what models these are? This and I is love the that guy. yellow. That's the yellow spiral. That's actually the name? The yellow spiral. Okay. Yellow and this spiral. is the brute. I don't think it's brute spiral. I think it's just, it's brute. just brute. So that's, I mean, you, you can guess what that is. It's a 250. Oh, okay. But it's got both of these have nano. But it's got a bunch of a bunch of different settings. Those are this, the middle knob is like uh, tone resistors, so okay, like a cool. five different setting like tone resistor thing that bleeds off or adds lows. This is like a so is volume and gain. That's a normal two fifty. 
Let me see it. Because that's just output and gain. Yeah, yeah, that's normal. Okay. Uh, well, this thing is never going to be a normal 250. Sure, sure. Because it has uh, silicone and germanium diodes on the one and three setting. And on the two setting, it's just the nanolog in two. Oh, okay. Which is a completely like different component. Yeah. I've covered that stuff before, the yeah. analog stuff. It's very cool. I actually cool. met that guy on the airplane flight <laughs> to the previous summer now in Rio. But anyways, all three settings have the N2 on it, mm-hmm. but they add in silicone and germanium. That's so cool. So none of this is a stock 250 sound, but right. it has a lot of the behaviors of a probably 250. Probably like it's probably like on a the the even though there's not I, I guess it a true the, tone circuit in a 250, it's probably has some of the that back end. It's just the right. op amp or whatever, like the drive section, the specific it's just drive component. A different flavor of grit. Right. But it acts the same across the gain range, where it's like your low gain gets dark and kind of warm, preampy, and your high gain and this is gets a, really this bright. Is, a, is this an punchy? Etched, is this an etched finish? It looks like an he etched ages finish. them. Oh, okay. They might be etched, but I know he does like an acid treatment on some of them. Right. Uh, well, that's okay. Yeah. Well, because this one's a lot cleaner. The brute. Yeah, the brute is a fuzz. Uh, he said that this is the fuzz to have if you're running into Fender ants, mm. amps, Fender ants. Fender amps. So obviously this is the one for me. I did video of this and his black spiral fuzz. Oh, okay. And yeah, this was the one that I that I preferred. Also loaded with nanalog. Right. This one, two, three setup here. I forget. I'm sure it's silicone and germanium because that makes sense for fuzz. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a host of other settings on here. They both sound great. I'm really stoked. Uh, and, you know, I he gave these to me just because I was talking to him mm-hmm. and well, not just because I was talking to him, but I also filmed all his pedals at his booth. Right, right. Because I wanted to. Well, I, you you shared a booth with Tom at uh, at Winter Nam. Yeah, too, yeah, right? at the at the Delhi booth. But like, he was one of the few pedal booths that I opted to film. I was like, I got to get your stuff. That's cool. I did him. I did. Uh, you did him. I did him. Uh, Does this your is wife a know about racy this? episode? Uh, I did the new uh, Jack White. Uh, game changer. Oh yeah, plasma the pedal. Pla- pla- is it what's it called? Is it called the? I'm sure it's it's, it's the, the the third man plasma. Right, but it's called they called it something else. But I forgot I what it was. But uh, there was a couple settings on there. It's like this is insane and over the top, and I can hear <laughs> Jack White in right. my playing. I can't play like anyone but Jack White while I'm doing this. And then what was the other pedal ones I did? Oh, I did you know Cusack. Well, uh, I mean, you're going to have hand. like a ton of yeah. s- stuff coming out. Like you said that you did like 35 videos. Most of it was guitar stuff. And I've only seen like maybe s- five or six videos. I hit maybe? up the Reverend booth. Yeah. And I did two videos and there. They kicked you out? I did six guitars at Reverend, but two videos. It was like, which of their new guitars would I buy? Or I just ah. did like a recap of their newest guitars. And then I did which of their signature guitars would I buy? Right. Like, like, uh, signature artist guitars. Yeah. Yeah. So I did, uh, the Billy Corgan one. And then there were two others. I can't remember whose they were. I don't think I even knew when I was doing them, but, uh, want to hear a funny story? I know I've been talking a lot. This will be my last thing from Nam. It won't be, but tell me the story. <laughs> Well, it won't, be it won't be because I'm going to push you back there in a minute, but tell me this. Okay. So I roll up to the Reverend booth. I start setting up and uh, the lady running the booth walks up and I'm like, hey, is it okay if I set up and film some of your guitars and I hand her a card? And she's like, oh, I know who you are. Yeah, that's that's great. Film, film our guitars. That's awesome. She knows who you are. I know. No big deal. But anyways, I uh, start setting up and then she comes up to talk to me and she's like, hey, 
uh, this guy who's our office manager is a big fan of your show. Okay. And uh, if you did like a shout out to him in a video, it would like make his day. Oh. And so maybe he, he's going to see this before he sees the video. I don't know. But while I was doing the tuning dance uh-huh. in one of the in one of the the videos, I was like, "Hey, Tim, I know you're watching this. <laughs> uh, they said that you uh, they said that you like my videos. You like the show. Well, he wasn't there at now. No, he was back at the office. Mm. I was like, "Hey, uh, I mean, you've been working at Reverend." You're a fan of the show. How come we? Uh, how come we haven't worked together <laughs> before? <laughs> how come you haven't hit me up? <laughs> I mean, you've got a point there. I've got a point. Got a point. <laughs> so, anyways, what's new with you, Steve? Now um, that I've just flapped my gums for way so too long. So I got. I'm gonna go away from Nam for a second. I got this. Take us this away week. from Nam. A spruce. Uh, spruce number twelve. Uh, of. Uh oh. Oh, friend of the show, friend of everybody. Here we go. Everyone's favorite southern gentleman. No one doesn't I like this get, man. I can get. Oh, the bag is tied. The bag is outsmarting me. Steve was foiled by a tied piece of twine. There we go. You got it. I'm proud of you, Steve. Uh, this is the Worley bird. The from Worley Spruce bird. FX. This is the uh, Clifton Worley uh, show signature pedal. I got to mess around with, a, I believe, the prototype of this at uh, Winter Nam. Yeah. So uh, I saw this, and they were they were running a special on it. Uh, the special was message Clifton and make him an offer. <laughs> <laughs> he was messing around with with his at uh, the Airbnb. That thing's buck wild, man. It's really cool because it's a trim with a. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong or if you know differently, but it's a trim with a germanium boost in it. Because that's like Spruce Effects kind of like signature move, right? Yeah. Is to like put germanium boost and everything. Um, so it's cool. I now suddenly went from owning zero trims like a year ago to now owning three. Trim Lord over here. I don't know why. <laughs> I, it's an effect that I don't fully like know how to use. <laughs> Uh, but you I just s- turn it on, Steve. Yeah, obviously, Ryan. Now, let me tell you how to use a trim. You know how there's like tap tempos so that yeah. you can sync the tempo of something mm-hmm. directly to the rhythm that you're playing. You don't want to be anywhere near the rhythm that you're playing with a <laughs> right. tremolo. Even though there are trap uh, tap tremolos, I find that once you like sync up with the rhythm, right, it's all backwards. It just like, like disappears into the mix. Yeah, it I, disappears with the drum beats and the rhythm and everything like that. You got to have something that's running like like across the grain. Yeah, I you know? think I think that's actually exactly why I've always struggled with tremolo is that uh my playing I don't want to say my playing is too regimented, but it's like my formative guitar playing was like doing um like rhythmic delay stuff. Uh-huh. And I feel like using a tremolo is the opposite of that. It is. Because with rhythmic delay you're like you're listening for the notes and then you're laying on top of it. And with tremolo it's like that's what you that's the opposite of what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. So I just need to listen to like better examples. The other thing that let's go I listen to some spaghetti westerns. Got, oh boy, here we go. This is fun. Uh, and this is going to bring us back to I mean the, post the office talk. experience. Uh, so this came in um, 
like a year ago. Oh my gosh. It feels no, like it. It, it. Literally it was, I think delivered on like July 1st. It was the attempted delivery and it's an international shipment. So it we required, are now at the end of July. Uh, month it required later. signature. I picked this up, I think on the 22nd. So 20 days later, uh, because I requested re-delivery and it never processed. And then the, the, my local postal processing facility is open nine or is open ten to five, Monday through Friday, and then like I think ten to two on you Saturday. Know, work hours when but you're I, when you're at work. Yeah, but I've also been working like every Saturday for the last oh my month. Gosh. So uh, anyway, this is the Noatronic onboard expression. I got to check this out at Summer Nam. Uh, it's got some parts that you can drop into your guitar. Yeah, it's a mod thing. And then this is just a. Uh, it's basically a control box. So let me explain this. And Ryan will explain it because he got to stop by the Alexander booth. And no, they then, had their own booth. Oh, he had his own booth. Okay, his I own thought booth. he was still at the Alexander booth. I didn't know he had his own this time. So anyways, you put this special uh, pot into your guitar, wherever you want it, volume, tone, whatever, and connect it to this jack here. It's a TRS jack. You're going to need a TRS cable. You run that TSR cable to... T TSR? You run this SRT cable to the Noatronic box and you got yourself an expression cooking here. Mm. What this does is it cook, hooks up to any of your expression based pedals. Right. And you can control that expression from your guitar with this pot. There's a click function to it to turn mm -hmm. things on and off. And once you click it, then you can turn the knob and adjust certain parameters. Uh, I knew I was going to do a demo for this because Steve had it in shipping hell for a month, but yeah, <laughs> but anyways, uh, when I felt I, bad cause I knew you were going to NAMM and I was like, dude, go check out this guy's booth. Don't. And I was like, don't tell him I still haven't been able oh to gosh. find it. <laughs> so anyways, when I showed up to the booth, he had it hooked up to an HX stomp mm. and he started showing me stuff. And I was like, ah, hell yeah. I'm yeah. going to have some fun with this. Uh, it's got MIDI out too. Got all kinds of little switches on it, but it's like, I did a, a Line 6 HX uh, floorboard demo at the first TGU two mm -hmm. years back. Yeah. And the Line 6 guy was showing me all the stuff you could do with a Variax guitar, like switching stuff with the switch and like turning knobs to ramp, you know, delay times and stuff like that or change like gain stages and whatever. This gets you some of that functionality without having to use a very axe guitar. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you can throw this into any of your guitars and, you know, control expression stuff on any of your pedals that do expression. I was going to plug it into some Chase Bliss stuff. I'll still do that, but I want to crack the code and figure out some stuff with the HX Stomp because that opens up a whole world yeah. of craziness. Have you, have you thought about trying to figure out, like, something you can use that's MIDI with this? I've never done MIDI. But I have things that have MIDI control. Like all the Chase Bliss stuff has MIDI control. Yeah. Long um, game. Think long game. Think long game on I that. I don't know. But something that's cool about it, like when I first saw the concept and we were you know, signing up to do the demo, I was like, ah, that's cool. But then like it's only for one guitar and blah, blah, blah. Right. Like I was thinking about the, the kind of the, the cons of it. And I talked to the guy, one of these bags with the pot and the jack, it's only 25 bucks. Oh, so, so you could put this on like any guitar. Yeah, so it's like if you get into this system and it becomes your thing, like you just you spend twenty five bucks each and you have it on all your guitars. It doesn't look like a hard mod to do. Does this pot also function as like a standard pot, or do you know? Yeah, it does. 
I think so, anyways. Okay. Maybe I'm, not. I mean, I'm sure that we'll find out. You'll have to look at the uh, <laughs> the instructions here. Yeah. There's a u- user manual, but that's really cool. I'm, I'm glad we finally got this and yeah. we can get this going. I felt super. For- I felt super bad uh, because Michael would like, "Hey, there's an issue at the post office. Can you go look into this?" And I, I looked into it. And Steve, then, uh, why didn't you take time off of work to go get a box from the post office? Well, the, so for the my is- benefit. The issue was that I wasn't. I wasn't uh, following the tracking. So right. I didn't. I wasn't even expecting it. So I couldn't like tell my wife to be like, "Hey," uh, and I I didn't realize it was also going to be a signature, right? Um, and then so I didn't even when I got the delivery notification saying that I missed delivery, the freaking postal worker's handwriting was so bad. Oh my gosh! That I didn't know it was what it was for, and I think the next day I received a package from someone else. Uh huh. So, so, so thought I thought it was, it was that? that. Oh my gosh. So, oh man, yeah. All right, this is the part of the show where we transition into the topic. Uh, oh, sponsors! We transition to the topic by talking about our sponsor. Let's talk about our sponsors. Uh, they this make this week's possible. first sponsor is Chase Bliss Audio logo here, products here because we didn't logos up here, products right here. Did you have a mood tank of a tank top? I saw those on Instagram, and it's I, pretty cool. I always when you go on like these trips, I know like they can be pretty busy. And I now I'm regretting not being like, yo, dude, get me a mood tank. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing I I had to earn my mood tank. He'd tell a different. What'd you story. have to do? He'd t- he'd tell a different story. What'd you have to do? Demo that, every Chase Bliss pedal. No, I I, sh- I showed up at at the booth that Joel was hanging out at. He was over at the old Blood Noise booth. I see him hanging not out. Not even at his own booth. And I was like, he didn't have a booth. I don't oh, think, I don't think he did. Uh, he had stuff hosted over at Grant's booth. Oh, okay. Um, and I make eye contact with him and like, Joel, I, sir, may I have, may I please have <laughs> one of your mood tank tops? It looks lovely. And he just looks at me and I can see in his eye what he wants and I couldn't resist. And I just started disrobing in front of him and I took my shirt off. He gave me a mood tank and I put it on. I oh, just, okay. I took, I got halfway naked on the For floor, a mood tank on the floor of Nam. I mean, if that's not a mood, I don't know what is. That he 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 got nice. inside my head and he controlled me. You he can get inside your head and control you too if you buy a mood pedal pictured here. <laughs> anyway, uh, the it, mood the mood is the latest from Chase Bliss. It is a glitchy delay. Does it do reverb? It's a looper. It's a granular looper. Granular Steve. looper. It also but does delay. It also does reverbs. It does also does a blip. Yeah, so it's got a bunch it's got of settings. Classic it's, blip sound. It's just a classic chase bliss pedal where it does way more things than we can explain in a bit that was supposed to be 60 seconds long and is now pushing three minutes this is gonna be the whole show us talking about this pedal yeah so head on over to chasebliss.audio.com digital brain analog heart that is chase bliss at its core go check them out chase bliss pedals they make pedals smarter than you are that's smarter i meant more creative they're smarter than you joe yeah <laughs> dumbass <laughs> <laughs> so- chase bliss pedals are skynet this one's for Aaron. Chase plus mood. Everyone wants one. Which Aaron? Abubo? Abubo. Okay. He'll uh, get it. This first topic uh, was sent by nobody. We're not doing any topics from anyone this week. No, no. This topic We're was those for next week. This topic was sent by literally dozens of people <laughs> in the comments section. Of billions and billions of the three Starcaster videos I did at Nam. 
Nam, 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 nam. Let's so get what's it out funny, of our system. What's funny is I have ranted on this show for years about how uh, Starcaster by Fender was diluting the good name yeah. of the Starcaster. And now people are saying like, oh, how weird is it that that squi- they're putting out a Squire Starcaster when Starcaster was always just like jank strats and drum kits. <laughs> so here's here's like... I'm going to say three. I don't know if I'm going to be able to count three of them. Here's like the top three, like, like kind of like blissfully ignorant comments that I'm getting sure. on those videos. There is also For, this, each one of these happened one time. No, they've each happened like a couple times each. Two times. Dozens, dozens of comments. Billions and billions. So anyways, people saying, oh, looks like Fender is ripping off the Ibanez headstock from the Ibanez Blazer and Roadstars. Nope. Second thing is, uh, oh, looks like Fender's ripping off an ES-335. What? I mean, kind of, actually, yes. But it's an offset. Right, but I, I'm... It's a know, semi-hollow, but it's an offset. I mean, did Gibson invent semi-hollows? No, but at the time, like, the ES-335 was the dominant semi-hollow, and this was... I don't know if this a was... A semi-hollow. It was a semi-hollow. I don't know if this was Fender. Did Fender do this? They did. I think they did the Coronado before this. Of all the semi-hollows that existed when this was invented, this was the least of the ones ripping off an ES-335. Sure. And the third one, which is the one you already mentioned, is like, why would Squire come out with a guitar named after that like super, super budget like Costco Kmart line that they had in the 90s? Right. All those things we're going to talk about. So, so Fender uh, first tried to get into the semi-hollow market uh, in the mid-60s with the Coronado, which they made from 66 to 72. Right. And then in 1976, uh, they came out with the Starcaster. And the Starcaster is generally, uh, is generally credited as being like a direct attempt for Fender to Fenderize the semi, semi-hollow because... Like the like the three thirty five, it's a uh, hardtail right semi hollow instrument. Whereas the Coronado, I actually think um, is a full. It's a thin line hollow body. Right, this is a semi hollow, um, but ni- being originally manufactured from nineteen seventy six to nineteen eighty two, it predates those Ibanez Blazer and Roadstar headstocks right. by like five or six years. Yeah, the Roadstar was like eighty one, I think, and the Blazer w- was probably like eighty four, eighty five. Yeah, and then Starcaster by um, Roadstar would be a good birth year guitar for me. The Starcaster by Fender, actually, I didn't know it was this early, but it actually hit the market in like 2001. Um, Which one? What did the the budget Starcaster? Oh, like the Mexican one? No, like the Costco one. Oh yeah. Um, and then they kind of like really hit retail stores hard. In like around 2006, and that's when you'd go into Costco and see them. And isn't like I've been saying this, and you might be able to correct me or find the information on the Wikipedia page that you are reading off of right now. What? Uh, <laughs> but uh, Steve, you're supposed to just know everything. How dare you? I mean, I know something. it's an old like I've I've like wanted one of these for a really really long time. Right, right. And now I need to go play the classic vibe version and see if I can get over the fact that it says Squire on the headstock. So, anyways, I'll come back to that. So anyways, that that budget line, I think 
is a sub-brand of Rogue, right. which is a sub-brand of Squire, which is a sub-brand of Fender. Like, figure out that rabbit trail yeah. of, like, sub-brands. I mean, you've got your Chryslers, your Plymouths, and what's the next one of that? Chevy? Chrysler, Plymouth, Dodge? Dodge. Chrysler, Plymouth, Dodge. Eagle? Like, Do you remember Eagle? Was it Jeep? Jeep? Oh, Jeep. Chrysler, Eagle, Dodge, Jeep. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's that like sub brand tree right there fender has their own and they have one cheaper than rogue which no one even knows about right i like no one knows about rogue rogue is weird because rogue never rogue i think only had the like squire logo on it for a very very short time it was a thing that people didn't really know about unless i think you took their effects apart like somewhere like in tiny, tiny print on a PCB or something, there was like a Squire yeah. logo. I had a Rogue strap that someone gave me. I wouldn't even they're, buy it. They gave it to bad. me. They're bad. They're very bad. They Starcasters blow that. So somewhere in like Fender headquarters, they've got Fender upstairs. Yeah. Probably two or three floors of Fender. Squire's down on the first floor. Maybe half the first floor or whatever. Mm-hmm. Down in the basement, there's a single office with like one dude that's got Rogue like printed on a piece of paper and duct taped to the door and he's having to put it back up. And then in the closet of that room, he's got a telephone like hanging on the wall. And every now and then he hears it ringing and he has to go to the closet, pull the phone off the wall and be like, hello, uh, Starcaster division of rogue. <laughs> I, you know, I think it's like, I feel like that's even like more, um, more credit. I almost th- feel like rogue is like one of those brands that just got passed around. Like yeah, Fender probably doesn't even know they exist. Like sometimes Fender, like was own, like for a while, Fender owned them, and then they didn't, and they still because they still exist. They're still being manufactured. Yeah. It probably is just like Fender was like, oh, let's license like our body shape and like this because they have like that Arrowhead sock, right? The Rogue? Yeah, no, the... The, the Starcaster, Star, Starcasters. yeah. Starcasters, they have that arrow-shaped headstock. Let's ref, let's license this one odd headstock shape we never use anymore since the Katana. Right. And, like, some import brand can just pump the stuff out and it'll say, buy Fender it's underneath It's so weird. It. So, anyway, um, Fender, well, want- Fender reissued the Starcaster with, I think, the modern player series, like, maybe five or six years ago. I feel like it. Um, they had they've had a Mexican version for like a while because remember when we first started doing the well, pod, it wasn't even Mex- like the, they're Chinese. Sure, the modern player ones are Chinese. So remember when we first started doing the podcast and Guitar Trader closed down, and I was going over there and like trying to scalp cheap right. stuff out of there. They had must have been one of the Chinese Starcasters, yeah, Fender branded Starcasters, and I kept thinking about it, like, should I buy this? Should I buy this? Mm. But they just wouldn't drop the price below. What was kind of retail on it? And it seven hundred. It was say? like it was like six fifty, six twenty five, yeah. or something like that. It was too close to retail. And I was like, I want a deal here for a guitar that at the time I didn't really care about. But something I want to. So I feel like that was kind of like them trying to clear it out. And I yeah. know those had been there for a while. So I want to say these have been out as a Fender guitar for a decade, maybe. You can probably find the information on the Wikipedia page. I literally just told you that they started manufacturing them in 2013. In so. 2013. So All right. Five or six years ago. But yeah, so that leads to the speculation that the Classic Vibe Starcaster, the Squire Classic Vibe Starcaster, is really just a rebadged 
modern player Stratocaster. I think Indonesian. I don't think they're Chinese. Are they not? I, I, I have could no be idea. wrong. But I will I will say the one I played felt very high quality. But then like the other variations they have, the contemporary and the affinity. Yeah. I'd have trouble believing they were rebadged of anything. They're just lower. Yeah, they're like they're a completely quality. different build. Mm. Uh, but I'm going to go back to what you were saying. Are they all? They're all boltons, right? Yes. Oh, but the modern player was a bolton, which yeah. I, I don't think I knew that. I think wasn't the original bolton. Dude, I don't know. Pretty sure it was. Um, which also takes it pretty far away from being an ESG 35, right? Player. Uh, oh yeah, the original was a bolt-on. So the Coronado was a set neck, I think. No, I don't think it was. Um, so, anyways, going back to what you were saying, like trying to justify getting one with a Squire brand on it, mm-hmm. I almost feel like I want it more because it says Squire. I don't know why, but that's like that gives me freedom for it to not be to, to authentic. Just, to smash it? No, for it to be like, oh, this is like my own thing. It's a Right. Like, I don't care if it's Squire. This is my generation. I'm the Squire generation. Like, oh it's like gosh. my Pepsi brand thing. But, like, if I feel, I feel like if I got a Fender branded one, then I'd have to deal with all the cork sniffery of like, oh, those aren't real wide range humbuckers. You should oh, get a yeah, yeah. set of this or that. And, oh, the construction is different in this way. Whereas, like, like, if it's Squire, the Squire it's one, like, you're like, duh. 400 bucks, suckers. I don't care. They look so good. It looks good. It feels good. It plays good. It sounds good. Feels good. I don't care. You rub your body on that. I don't care if it's like a true reproduction of like the 1976 version. You know, right? It's Squire. Squire is for fun. Squire is for fun. Like hit me up, boys. Sponsor <laughs> the podcast. I will say that every time. Squire, it's for fun. That's a good tagline for Squire. We're just having fun. Squire. <laughs> I, can't ar- I can't argue with that. So was there you're, a point we tra- haven't hit? In I don't the original know. I, three I think, points? you know, this is a, this is a, you know, this obviously Squire is a new thing, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of amusing and funny to me that this has come around where there are people who are seeing these Squire Starcasters who aren't even aware of the reissues. Right. Because they've been out for, like we said, like, like six or seven yeah, years. five or six years. Five, six, seven. You 13, know, 19 years? 40 years. I feel like this is a guitar that is very rarely in style. Yeah. But that every now and then you see someone in a big band playing one, and you're like, oh, shoot. It's definitely it's a Starcaster. I think there's some, you know, obviously there's some weirdness about it because it was always a bolt-on neck. Um the, it's just the, Wikipedia, the Wikipedia article claims that they just didn't take off because they had to fight against the fact that Fender was, you know, they were the solid body single coil brand. Right. And so, no, like, people were like, oh, Fender's doing a, a semi hollow humbucker. That's weird. And I also, don't, don't want to look at that. So many of the comments were like, oh, why don't they just put the regular Fender headstock Dude, on Dude, I this? love the Starcaster headstock. And my point is, like, freaking built. The company that makes super high-end stuff, beautiful offset guitars, have permanently adopted that headstock concept as their own. And it looks beautiful on their guitars. Like, appreciate that headstock. It is like a funky, different shape from Fender that deserves its own thing. I would buy a Telecaster with that headstock versus a regular Telecaster headstock because I think Telecaster headstocks are ugly 
fight me. I like care. Him. I'll fight you. You know, speaking Telecaster head speaking, socks look like a weird dick. I've got dicks on the mind this episode, apparently. <laughs> because penis? Penis? Is, is Henning here? <laughs> Who said penis? <laughs> uh, speaking of weird head socks, this ad was sent in by uh, Elijah Perea. Uh, this is a Gibson. Oh, one ES. more thing. Oh, one yeah. more thing I want to say. People keep like accusing the the Starcaster headstock of ripping off the Ibanez headstock, which is buck wild because the Talman, the current version of the Talman, basically rips off the Starcaster body shape. I don't know if I've seen it. A Talman? It, no, it's, it's basically like that offset kind of like. Look it up. I'm I'll put it, maybe it up. I'll, I'm super wrong, but I'll put up the pictures. Well, the Talman is like a series now, though. But that's what I'm saying. Like. There's the first version of the Talman with a super long horn. I'm talking about the second version of the Talman. Yeah. The yeah, current yeah. version of the Talman is basically a Starcaster body shape. No, it looks like that. That's basically a Starcaster body shape. Is it? I Whatever. Mean, I guess. I'll put them side by side. Anyway. If, so they, it... put a, if they put a Roadstar headstock on a Talman, you'd see exactly Man, what I mean. Man, I had such a good segue. Okay, hit that segue. Speaking of weird headstocks. Travel of the future. This ad was sent by Elijah Perea, and this is a Gibson ES369. Nice. I've seen these before, and I forgot about them. Um, I really like, I actually really like the uh, the logo on these. Um, yeah, the, the logo is actually, I mean, do you know what it is, the logo? Uh, it says Gibson. Right, but do you know that version of the Gibson logo? It's like an older one, That's right? the 20s version. The 20s version? So, like, they made this 80s. Gibson semi-hollow with like a Knight Rider stripe along the edge of the headstock, like this red Knight Rider stripe with a PRS-shaped headstock predating PRS, probably. Where? Where's no 1982? PRS was around. Were they around? I don't see. Maybe this, they were trying to take a stab at. PRS. I don't see this Knight Rider stripe. Are you talking about like? I'm oh, talking about this picture. Oh, red stripe around the edge of the headstock. And then they throw a freaking 1920s Gibson logo yeah, on Yeah, so apparently uh, Alex Lifeson from Rush used these. Uh, and uh, there's like a full-page ad that he did. They said that uh, he used – basically he used a Gibson. And then at one point he like switched to Fender uh, because he had a th Gibson 335. And somebody uh, dropped a cabinet – onto it whoops and like destroyed his 335 uh so then he switched to fender and he didn't like um uh so then basically he said i started over the last couple of years i've started to use it a lot more i put humbucking pickups in the back position and managed to get a, oh this is talking about the fender but yeah still have the bright character the clarity fenders are, are renowned for i also kept the uh front pickups so gradually i got used to it i put on Oh, you can do it, Steve. You were reading Wikipedia just fine. Uh, he says, ago. The ironic thing is, though, that I find the Gibsons feel a little strange at times. They seem a little stiffer, although I still enjoy playing. I don't understand because this is a picture of him playing a 365, but then he doesn't. 69. Or 369, but then he like kind of complains about that they feel weird. Okay, Steve, remember how I just said that it looks like PRS ripped off this headstock? Yeah. This guitar came out in 1980? 19, yeah. Sure. PRS founded 1985. Really? Play authentic, mofos. Dang. Why did they try to sue over the single cut? Seriously? They should have sued over they the headstock. They should have sued over this headstock right away. Rookie move. 
They didn't. They didn't have a JC. Anyway, here's a ES Gibson ES three sixty nine for sale. It's in great shape. Neck is nice and straight. Strings are low. Plays great. Recently had a fret job. Worst wear and scratches shown. Let me know if you have any questions. The guy who posted this was like, "What's up with this neck? Like this neck is destroyed." Well, the finish is worn off the back of it, which means someone played it, which probably means it's a good guitar because someone loved it enough to play it that much. Do you think that's? Do you think that's natural? Yeah, I think that's I mean, natural. I guess if it's been played enough to need a refret, that I could think be it's natural. natural because if it was a fake relic, it'd be the entire. It'd neck. be all over the body. Yeah, it'd be like, oh, we got to put stress cracks here. We got to put t- temperature cracks because it's localized in one area. It's like, and it's not over the rest of the body at all. Yeah, that's got to be real. Because no relic guy can control themselves. So I've been trying to figure out, like, is this... um, I mean, you can see where the person put their thumb all the time in that. Yeah, what's the difference between the 369 and the... You could use this relic to solve a murder. Because you'd be like, oh, the murderer did this hand wear on this neck. Let's match up to that handprint. CSI this crap. Da-na-na, da-na-na. Oh, wait, no, that's Sports Center. (laughs) (laughs) The CSI thing is just... Yeah? Just someone says, yeah? I don't I don't know, man, if you say so. <laughs> right now, like four people are cracking up because they love that joke and no one else I'm, gets it. I don't think I've ever watched a full episode of CSI. Yeah? They drop the glasses and go, yeah? Okay, I've done this joke too many times. Man. But I am looking at this guitar. What do you think, $2,500? I'm feeling like I'd rather buy this than a new Gibson. This has a the Bigsby on it too. I don't know if that's a original or a mod because I found one of these on eBay, and the one on eBay is apparently a factory second, um, and it's listed for tw- actually more than this twenty six fifty. It actually looks like it might be in better condition, um, but it just has that um, Gibson uh, the tailpiece that has the fine tuners. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what these are supposed to have actually. Yeah, so this has something different. Uh, this one has a badge on it that says custom made as well. Um, the one we're looking at. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm trying to see, I do not see that on the one that I found on eBay. So maybe this is, I I I wonder if that's a factory Bigsby install or if I was in the market for a Gibson semi hollow and this was up at the same time, I'd be looking at it really hard. And I'd honestly be considering it mm. just because it's different. Yeah. It's old. Okay. It's affordable. And All it's right. freaking cool. Mm-hmm. I think it's cool. I, mean, I think they should reissue this headstock. Do you, do you think? I wonder if they could. Not the, not the Knight Rider line around it because that's kind of wacky in an 80s sort of way. But I think they should reissue this headstock shape on something. Maybe just reissue the 369, dude. <laughs> I wonder if they could. I mean, what could stop yeah, them? No, but I'm saying, like, I wonder if you people think would, like, look at PRS that and be like, oh, assume? it's PRS. Uh. I'm going to pull up a PRS headstock and compare it side to side. I think the uh, PRS one is, like, offset. Right, and I think it flares out more near the nut. Mm, yeah, that sounds right. And it's shorter. Like, this is a longer headstock. Interesting part of the podcast here. Everyone's just on the edge of their seat. I don't know, man. It's pretty close in concept. It's like they, they took that headstock 
and they just squished it. Yeah. And stretched it out wider. Lawsuit. JC, get on it. And made, it, made the points a little bit more offset. Otherwise, you've got a PRS lock. See, so PRS the, cooking this here. would be a great thing, you know, instead of just this generic, like, we are innovative. Not, I don't want to go super long. It's like, oh, we're innovative, da, 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 whatever. We're going to sue you. Be, like, just be like, hey, we came up with this headstock. It looks really familiar, right? Yeah. And then be like, we didn't really like it for X, Y, Z, but we kind of invented it. Well, they probably didn't do any prote legal protections on Yo, it. Yo, Gibson. And they've never reissued this model. Uh, my rate is $90,000 a year. I will produce like maybe six videos per year for you. Actually, I'll just subcontract Ryan to produce those videos Oh, we just for do me. episode sponsorship. Yeah, there we go. $90,000 a year. 60 Cycle Hum brought to you by Gibson Guitars. You want some shills? We're here waiting. <laughs> Speaking of... <laughs> Speaking of no, next week, it's all Gibson guitars behind us. <laughs> you know what? In our early episodes, we would joke like, ah, send us pedals, send us guitars. Here we are. If we're going to joke about completely selling out to Gibson for high amounts of dollars, who knows? We're putting it out in the yeah, universe. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to buy a house, man. So that so if we split 90K, that gets me into home buying territory. Down payment right there. Think about it, Gibson. Buy Steve a house. Buy, the house that Gibson house. built. <laughs> All right. Uh, this, God, this is the worst segue now. Real sponsors that we actually care about that we don't actively disparage on the show. Uh, this is the D'Addario Universal We Strap only Lock passively disparage them uh, on the show. <laughs> Diderio. Uh, this is the universal strap lock system. We've talked about it before. This is an alternative to the strap lock systems that uh, a few other brands have out there. You know what? Things that I saw. I saw someone live streaming installing a set of strap locks on a guitar the other night. I'm not going to say who. Okay. But you know who you Did are. Did it look like way too much effort? What I'm going to say is that it looked like a freaking chess bishop sticking out the side of their guitar. It was one of those style ones, the super high pro profile. It's got that big knob sticking out of it. And it's like you can't put your guitar down on his butt anymore with a strap on. Right, right. Because it's got this giant metal piece sticking out. These things are super, like, compact. Yeah, they give you complete strap security. They're designed by Ned Steinberger. They're super flat. They'll work they with screw pretty in, much everything. They screw into whatever strap you want to use with just finger tightening. Yeah, which is a huge feature. It's a brilliant design. You can swap straps. You like could. You could in literally like twenty seconds. So do you keep a so so um, I keep a screwdriver like just a basic screwdriver in my pedal board. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you do that, but like literally. I, if I wanted another set, if I was like, you know what, I've got one set, I want another one for my guitar, uh, but I need it to install it like right away, I could go to, you know, Guitar Center or whatever, pick one of these up, go to wherever my gig is, and install it there because I've got a basic Phillip head screwdriver I've in my a, car. I've got a Phillip head screwdriver on my keychain. There at you all go. Times. I could install these on any guitar. With my keychain. Yeah. I want you to take this box home and bring back. I already back have one home. The, you wanted to swap for the gold one because you wanted to put it on a gold oh, hardware guitar. Oh, that's right. That's, that's right. why I haven't installed it on anything yet. So bring me back those chrome ones. Wheeling and dealing over here, guys. Wheeling yeah. and dealing. 
in two weeks, I'll have the ones I'm going to saw on a guitar. There we go. It's super simple. We have the gold and black. There's also a nickel version. So go check it out. Diadario.com. Uh, there's a direct link in the show notes. Yeah. As long as Ryan uploaded this uh, early enough for me to actually edit the show notes. I will. Don't worry, Steve. Uh, all right. Uh, that's all the sponsors. No, man. no, 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 no. Oh, that's right. We have another sponsor. This is like a pro bono sponsor. Because I just want to say thank you to Isotope for making yeah. their RX series of plugins. It's It's hot right now. Outside this garage right now, it is sweltering hot in San Diego. We've been running Gary, which is our air conditioner. He's doing great. It's nice and it's cool It's so here. hot. But, I mean, it's not like Temecula hot, where it's it was like, like 102 Tem- degrees oh to get. Yeah. It was only like 91 here. You know, why would anyone need an air conditioner when it's 91 yeah. and 50% humidity? Like, yeah. That's just stupid. But anyways, uh, oh, man, that's going to give him too big of a head that we referenced something he said. Damn it, Eric, you got us. Uh, <laughs> now you name drop, <laughs> so, dumbass. So anyways, Isotope RX plugins. When we run Gary or have other noise going on in the background, save our ass every time. So if you are an audio engineer type or you're doing recordings and you need something to save your ass, go check out Isotope RX. That's all I'm saying, man. Yeah. Shut up, Gary. Look at that. <laughs> Isotope just fixed him. All right. Uh, this next topic uh, was kind of weird news until you really i think slowed down to think about it um and this is uh, yeah it's really weird until you actually think about the reality that we live in and it's not that weird at all uh reverb.com the gear used gear trading site or selling site uh was purchased by etsy yeah um and people kind of like went crazy and were like oh just wait till your handcrafts are on reverb yeah but we're going to see a lot of crocheted uh, guitar straps now. Yeah, but the reality is, is you know, I guess I'm trying to, first I'm trying to like think of all the different reactions. It kind of makes sense. A lot sense. of them were jokes. A lot of um, handmade, like people who made guitar accessories. So for example, wrought iron effects, wrought iron leatherworks, right. uh, who they did the Kyber the Aslan, the what else have we used? Uh, the Orc Orcus, and also do uh, fine leather guitar straps. Yeah. So, uh, before Reverb was selling a lot of his stuff on Etsy, especially the straps. Like a lot of like strap man, strap like small time strap manufacturers are selling on Etsy. There is a market, and I've I've definitely seen guitar pedals on Etsy before, right. where people are just making like small batch out of their home runs like selling them on etsy like that exists i've seen people complain that like oh now that etsy owns reverb like we're gonna see reverb go the way that etsy has where etsy used to be all handmade stuff and now it's all just like companies selling things right that's what reverb already is man yeah You've yeah. already got retailers there. You've already got brands selling direct They're, through Reverb. One of the one of the they problems went, they went eBay a while ago, man. One of the problems, for better or worse, with Reverb is the number of uh, storefronts, like actual, well, maybe not brick and mortar storefronts, but like at least online storefronts that are selling their um, that are claiming that uh, they that are not operating on reverb by their actual name. So they're like a, they're like a shell. Yeah. Like a, so it's, they're like a false front. It's online stores that are creating shell names in order to sell 
products that they have not been able to move on their main site as like factor, re- as like seconds sure on reverb it's very sketchy or like sometimes like because retailers have to follow certain rules yeah they have yeah. to sell you know they can't advertise under map and things like that yeah. so you'll have a retailer that will set up a false front shop and start selling things under map to make a quick buck mm-hmm. they're still making profit because they're pa- paying their retail rate with mm-hmm. their, with a bit of a markup but they're selling cheaper than any other retailer can. So right. there is cr- crappy stuff like that that happens. Yeah. And, and, every, and, every, and you know what? If you're out there doing that, the builders know what they're doing, what you're doing, because they know like their runs. They know like the specific little details of yeah. every run. And they know like, oh, I sold this many to this retailer and these guys have this many listed. Literally. I, well, I've also literally seen builders go, oh, that's the B stock with the paint chip in that corner. I know who I sent that to. Yeah. Like, yeah. so even if you like say like, well, I'm going to get away with this because I'm not going to put the serial number in the, in yeah. the photos. You're damaging. Anyway. Yeah. You're damaging your relationship with the builder um, when you do that retailers. A couple different things. One, I actually feel like this might strengthen. I don't, I don't use Etsy, so I don't know. Uh, I haven't used it in years. I've used it before. Um, but I feel like Reverb's um, platform is really solid. Whereas Etsy's kind of feels a little dated. Sure. So anything I feel like from like a tech acquisition standpoint, this makes sense. Now, now the same. I mean, Etsy, Etsy is looking at their platform and like, we've done everything we can. We've got a bunch of money sitting around. Yeah. What's Let's left? snatch up other things that do what we do, but are growing. Reverb is definitely growing from my perspective. Anyway, yeah, so, like so reverb people use it all the time now uh, from the C- and they're trying to go global. They're in the UK now. Yeah. Uh, from the CEO, Reverb said, I have some exciting news to share. Earlier today, we announced that we signed an agreement to be acquired by Etsy. We expect this acquisition to close in the coming months. When it does, Reverb will remain a standalone business, but will have the added support of Etsy, the global online marketplace for handmade and vintage items, with millions of buyers and sellers from every from nearly every country in the world. So this can also become kind of a funky, like how Walmart is trying to become like the new Amazon by bringing on all these third-party. Right. Etsy is kind of just expanding their... Uh, merchandise base by acquiring a specialty merchant. Sure, totally. Um, so I wouldn't uh, be surprised to hear them do something similar with other specialty merchant sites. Yeah. So Reverb is claiming that basically that nothing is going to change. Well, that's what whatever. everyone says whenever there's an acquisition. Um, I mean, changes. Yeah, they say inevitable. they're they're sta- they're going to be a standalone business. The real thing is, is this was the best joke that I've heard out of it. Uh, was uh, the number that I've seen thrown around for the acquisition of Reverb was $275 million, which means Reverb, the site that usually you buy on Craigslist and flip on Reverb, Reverb said, we built Reverb and then we flipped it to Etsy. Best flip of the year. Top flip of 2019, selling Reverb to Etsy. <laughs> to Etsy. <laughs> two, I wonder what like how much money Reverb has like, put into their own infrastructure and employees. Like, I wonder what their actual flip ratio is. Yeah, that would be, let's get that CEO on here and be like, dude, nice flip. What are the details? What'd you come out with? I can't even get reverb to respond to our emails. You know, what's crazy. I mean, here comes another NAM drop. Like for years going to NAM, I'd be like, Hey, reverb rep that I've talked to every year. Let's like, let's work together. We are, we're already like name dropping you every episode. Like yeah. the past. Let's do something together. 
And then like the past two NAMs, one of them has come up to me like, hey, let's do something together. And this the summer NAM, the guy came up to me and said, hey, we should like we should like work something out for you, something out. And then I started pitching big ideas. Oh, really? This was before the news dropped about Etsy. Not that it matters. I was like, oh, yeah, man. It'd be, you know, I saw your video with Mary Spender. It'd be fun if you guys had us come out. We could do like some content yeah, out I'd there. Yeah, I'd go to Chicago. We could, you know, like do some kind of Shoot. like fun cross promotion stuff. And, he's, and he was like, oh, I was just thinking like you'd get you on like the affiliate program. <laughs> I mean, for what it's worth, we should probably be on the affiliate program. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, that's a totally different scale of what I had in mind. But OK, cool. <laughs> that sounds nice. I'm pretty sure her channel is way bigger than yours. Oh, yeah. Mary's over 100K. She's the, she's owned by the Internet. She's that. She's the Internet's Mary's Mary own. Spender. I didn't know that own meant she was owned by it. The Internet's owned Mary no, Spender. it's just the internet's Mary Spender. Is it the internet's the own? The internet owns her. The internet's there's a, it's like Reese's pieces. Reese, those are Reese's. He owns those. All right, it's the, so, in, uh, the internet owns you're Mary. Some Mary, are you okay? Um, so Do you I need help I, I escaping think, the internet. I think the uh, Etsy reverb is going to be a, a long-standing joke. I hope. Oh yeah, I it's mean we're, all, we're always going to be tagging that for fun. Um, uh, can you think of any other companies that should buy guitar? Related companies like maybe LinkedIn should buy uh, Gear Talk. Dude, LinkedIn should just buy uh, PRS. <laughs> I mean, I mean, all the doctors are already on LinkedIn. Oh my god! If <laughs> you, you get a good enough LinkedIn profile going, then you get followed by Paul Reed Smith. It's like, oh, nice profile. Oh, I see you're in the medical field. Do you golf? Yeah, you golf. I bet you golf. <laughs> <laughs> What's if, another one? If you put your profession as lawyer or or doctor, you just start all you, you get start on getting, when you're on there. Are you get on PRS the mailing ad, list. You're automatically added to P, the PRS list. <laughs> that's that's mean. PRS has lots of options for all budgets. That's true, Steve. PRS truly the guitar brand. For today's modern guitarist. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes I get the feeling people just do things for money. And that's sad. <laughs> All right. Move on. Move on to your housekeeping, Steve. Now that I've had my jokes. Do you have anything? Yeah, we got some housekeeping. Have, so housekeeping, housekeeping is a time where we solicit all of our listeners. Unlike other shows, we keep ours till the end of the show uh, because we know you want quality content first and before we beg you for money. Yeah. Um, if you head on to uh, patreon.com slash 60 cycle hum, you can support the show like these folks have at the $2 level. Lee Lee has uh, sent us $2 a nice. month, which is great. And Mr. Wright, W R I. R-I-G-H-T is supporting us at the $5 level. Finally, and Mr. Uh, Wright comes into my yep. life. So thank you, uh, Lee Lee and Mr. Wright, uh, for supporting us. Uh, and you can support us at any level at $1 or above. $1, $2. We don't have any 3 or $4 supporters, I don't think. We do have a 5 That's a rare breed. Uh, I don't think we have 6 7 8 or 9 Be the first. So you could be the first at any of these levels. Yeah. Um, Break ground. If you would like us to visit you. You know, I also don't think we have any at the $6,789 level. That is true. And I was going to say, if you would like for us to like visit your hometown 
on an annual basis, you can support us at like the $500 level. That we'll sounds a, fair. I think anything over $1,000 and we'll make a trophy for you and send it to you once at a month. At the $1,000 level, we will pack everything up and come record an episode in your living room. I'll sleep in your bed with you. No homo, clothes on. I'll sleep in your bed with you. Anyway, <laughs> patreon.com, uh, everything that goes into that helps support the show, uh, helps us get stuff done, sends Ryan to Summer Nam, all kinds of things. Uh, rearranges all this crap back here every six months. Years, maybe. Months, I don't know. 18 How, months. Whenever it's necessary. Buys As a, needed. Buys us food. You bought buys our burritos Yeah, we tonight. got dinner tonight. Bought, um, uh, we bought pizza at Summer Nam to share with uh, people like uh, Jonathan Diaz. And yeah. Clif- was Clifton Worley there? Clifton? No, he was gone. Oh, he was gone already? I think he Corey was. Corey Nigro was there. Corey Nigro was there. Sean Arbo was there. Sean Arbo was there. Clifton was gone. Now I remember why I felt so sad. Mm. I had a belly mm. full of pizza, but I had no Clifton in my life. All right. This last ad was sent in by Josh Cass. Wait a minute. One more, one more pitch. Whether you're Mr. Right... Or a Mr. Right Now support us on Patreon. Wouldn't a Mr. Right Now only support for one month and then cancel? I don't care. He's here right now. All right. Uh, this last ad was sent in by uh, Josh Cass, who's a local San Diego guy that one we've time, known for a long time. One time real life friend of ours. Yeah. IRL. This is a Takamini EA360 that we are calling Thick Taka. Talk of mine. Uh, this is a beautiful Takamini guitar, EA360 model. Very rare. It is in good condition. 1983, made in Japan. They're asking $1,800. This is a flying V-shaped guitar. Sort of. Uh, but this is a, I don't think this one's getting off the ground. <laughs> so this is just a V-shape, not flying guitar. This is a full... This is a flightless V. This is a full thickness acoustic guitar. This is it? I, oh yeah it's all the way thick no like cutaways this is or anything. not thick with two c's this is thick with three c's damn it that's a thick guitar <laughs> it's not just that it's like full okay like a full for acoustic the, depth it's just very stubby for the audio only listeners like think of a v-shape now imagine it's a balloon and you just keep inflating it and it gets fatter and fatter and fatter. It's just plump. This is a plump V. This is a this is less of a V and more of a skinny heart. It is a skinny heart. What were they thinking? I don't know. Were they like, oh, let's make an acoustic V, but we gotta keep the acoustic people happy and have it be more full full bodied or something? I have this has no to be like a one off or something, right? This can't be a production model. No, this it's a got a model number EA three sixty. So it's maybe they only made it for one or two years, but Talk it exists. EA three sixty. Let's see what comes up on the old Google machine here. Uh, nothing so far. Oh, I'm seeing an electric explorer shape. Oh, I am seeing the flying V. This thing's a trip, Let's just man. keep calling the flightless V, please. Because Flight, The flightless V. This bird is not getting off the ground. How much would you there's pay for bl- this? There's a blue one and there's a pink one. Is this like a, something that there's only... There's a green one? Is this something that only a collector would want? Why does this one have a split top on it? These are hideous. How, what do you... Oh, the, the, the headstock, headstock is split like a Dean. 
Why would anyone buy one of these? Why would they make more than one? This person's got four of them in every color. Red. Wow. Natural gray blue. Why? I don't get it. Of all the things I do get, this is one I don't. <laughs> Jeez Louise, people. This is rough. How much would you pay for this? I wouldn't. You got to be a collector, right? You got to be a Takamini head. Yeah. You got to look at this Takamini and be like, I want to make it Takamine. I've done that joke three times now. Yeah, and it doesn't get any hasn't, better. Hasn't delivered once. It's not great. <laughs> All right. Uh, what would you pay, Steve? I don't know. Does the listing have a price? Yeah, 1800 What? I would think that this would be considerationable at like $500. Considerationable? Yeah. That's a good word. All right. I uh, sincerely like considerationable. Great. Cool. We've come to a consensus. Um, you got to hybridize consensus with something. I wanted to, but then I just didn't. You got anything else, man? No, that's it. All right. This week's song was sent by Kyle Saloka. He says, hey, guys, got a song submission. Uh, did this entirely in my basement. I have a project with my with a, with a, my horn player slash drummer called Public Persona. This is the first track off of our second EP. The uh, main guitar is a 2010 Copper Burst Telecaster with harmonic design Super 90 pickups, which is a P90 and a tele-size pickup. Check them out. They're awesome. It's growing into a Boss CE3 in front of an Egnator Tweaker 40 set to AC mode. A Line 6 DL4 was in the loop set to space echo setting, mic'd with an Audix i5 and a space pair of stereo room mics, uh, which were also Audix. The bass is a Rick 4003 using the Ricka sound to send the neck to a Fender basement and the DI. Uh, I sent the bridge to a homemade fuzz nicknamed Black Coffee into a Marshall MG10 practice amp modified to use as a head plugged into a homemade ca cab with a single 10 inch carbon. Also mic'd with an Audix i5. I'm seeing a theme here. Yeah. Lots of Audix i5s. The gritty guitar sound is just the Egnator set to a Brit mode and double tracked with the Tele. Uh, He's probably using the same mic over and over again. Yeah, he does not say at all what his drummer is using. He says, I hope you enjoy it. I'll more, more than likely send more stuff in the future, assuming people don't send an angry hate mail about no one how ever much has. they hate this song. This song is called Resonate. It's by Public Persona. Hey, Steve. Uh, so thanks, Kyle, for sending this out. Hey, Steve. Hey, Ryan. If I had a basement, you know what I'd call it? Oh, God. The guitar mint. Because I wouldn't be playing bass down there. I'd be playing guitar. Bye, everybody. Stay grounded. Mm -hmm.